Warning, this podcast puts the pro in profanity. Not sure who puts the fanity in there, though. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club and by the new Eucharist delivery service for Catholics in a hurry, Hello Flesh. And now, The Scathing Atheist. I'm John Gardiner, and last week, No Illusion said that if you couldn't wait between all of the Puzzle and a Thunderstorm shows, you should find a new hobby. Thus, I would like to humbly recommend to you all that you check out my new podcast, The Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading. Anyway, I'm here to tell you that filthy monkey men did evolve to invent a steam locomotive. Or something like that. I'm not too sure. I didn't check up on this before recording. Anyway, on with the show. It's April 12th. And your Thursday's about to get a lot more sweary. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from New York, New York, Secret Lair, Pennsylvania, this is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, God's dead at the box office. Coach Dave gets a handjob from a dude while thinking about a goat. And the perfect word of God will be back to not make any fucking sense. But first, the diatribe. Me and Satan? Yeah, we go way back. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't say we were exactly friends, but we got in a lot of trouble together back in high school. See, I was one of maybe half a dozen kids in my high school that didn't go to a Southern Baptist church every Sunday and Wednesday evening. And that meant, by a standard I didn't understand until I'd been there for quite some time, that I was in league with the devil. And there's more to this than just being cast as an outsider, because in addition to wearing that label, I actually was an outsider. All the other kids in my school were receiving information I wasn't getting. And as laughably ridiculous as the information was, I was still put at a social disadvantage by not knowing it. Let me give you an example. Did you know that the Smurfs were satanic? Well, in my high school, that's common fucking knowledge. Right now, I found out in a government economics class that the teacher asked me for an example of communism and I offered up the Smurfs. I think I still am pretty proud of that answer. Right. They did a whole episode once where Greedy started charging money for his pies, and by the end of that, Smurfette's blowing Brainy for an extra turnip in her stew, and Hefty's sneaking Lennon into the country on a midnight train through Germany. So I presented my example, ready to defend it, but I wasn't ready to defend it against being in league with the desolate one. So I say the Smurfs, a couple of students laugh, and then some dumbass says, no, the Smurfs are satanic. And to this, there are murmurs of general approval. Now, I wind up getting sent to the principal's office for calling him out for being Marxist. But when a couple of kids accuse him of worshiping the horned one, the teacher agrees. She's like, well, yeah, of course, they're Satanists, but calling them communists, that disrupts class. So go to the principal's office, which I spent a lot of time doing. And I'll admit, I'm still bitter. Spent way too much of high school going to the principal's office despite being right. So in the moment, I hardly had time to reflect on the pod people-like conviction with which the crowd had agreed that the Smurfs were satanic. But to be honest, as bizarre as that probably sounds to anybody who didn't grow up in the Bible Belt, 
It was to be expected. My whole fucking school was Satan obsessed. The music I listened to, for example, that was written, recorded, and produced by Satan. He was also chiefly responsible for most of the movies I liked, the books I read, the stories I wrote, and the presidential candidate I preferred. And for those of you who have the good fortune of not going to high school in South Georgia, I can't emphasize enough for you how nonchalantly Satan was invoked in conversation. Right. I mean, I, I learned to read palms at one point because I was all about the woo and it afforded me a great opportunity to talk to pretty girls, touch their hands even. So one time I'm offering to read this girl's palm and she begs out by saying, and I quote, I'd love to, but my pastor says that's of the devil. Now, it says all kind of shit about your worldview when you feel the need to insulate it against the veracity of shit like palm reading. But what's more striking in retrospect is the ease with which they'd convince the majority of kids in my school that among the great motivating forces shifting the cultural winds of their generation was an evil, magical satyr with a penchant for power cords. Of course, this ridiculous extreme is a hallmark of religion, isn't it? It's not that God will give you three demerits for coveting your neighbor's wife. He'll burn you in hell with ultimate torture for eternity. It isn't enough that Jesus really thinks your poem was pretty good. He has to love you beyond any conceivable love. And it's not that this book might present a few notions contrary to the biblical worldview. It was inspired by the devil himself for no lesser purpose than to irrevocably corrupt your immortal soul. And that's not just some quirk or something, right? That's the inevitable result of the theological arm race that left every God all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving. When you're making shit up and that shit's being tested through natural selection, it's no great mystery how every religion winds up on infinity times infinity plus two for every measurable aspect of their faith. Of course God is all-knowing because if he was mostly knowing, he'd have got swapped out along the way for better bullshit. But the extreme never seems more self-serving than it does with Satan. Because, I mean, when it comes to bumping God up to the extreme, you're still just talking about God. You know, God is some ephemeral concept that defies definition precisely because his attributes have all been cranked up to 11. So to accept the omni-everythingness of God, you just have to accept this one impossible thing. But Satan has to cover all the other stuff. Right, Pretty much all the non-God objects have to be infused with this childish notion of preeminence, which becomes impossible to take seriously almost immediately. I mean, the story they were selling 16-year-old Noah is that the same guy working towards the same goal came up with the Smurfs, the Rwandan genocide, and the main guitar lick in Hangar 18. I, I mean, consider the whacked-out sense of priorities in their Satan. Somewhere in hell, Mephistopheles has a checklist that includes provoke genocide, instigate war, and increase number of skulls on T-shirts. He's steering humanity towards the brink of nuclear holocaust and he's sneaking boob references into popular songs because it doesn't work if only the really bad stuff is inspired by the devil, right? Everything that challenges your religion has to fit into that category. That means genocide, evolution, rock music, and Harry Potter books all have to be treated with the same level of alarm and the same remedy. And notice that this is a problem you don't have when you're telling the truth. Science doesn't have to make up a totem of anti-science and blame all the wrong shit on him. And it's pretty obvious why, right? Science can just use empirical data to differentiate between science and non-science. Truth itself can be the arbiter. But that doesn't work when you're selling religion, does it? If we're measuring based on numbers of verifiably true thing, the Bible isn't scoring any better than the Smurfs. So religion requires a whole new metric, a metric that draws a line through fictions and assigns a small number of them as true, while at the same time rendering certain truths as fictions. 
So the science-minded parent can turn to their kid and say, well, Smurfs aren't true because magic doesn't work. There are no tiny blue hominids and at three apples high, there's no fucking way they'd fit into those mushroom houses. But a religious parent can't resort to that kind of objection without planting seeds of doubt about far more ridiculous claims in the Bible. So they have to create something else to do all the heavy lifting. You can't use anything that's based on reason, so you have to use something that's based on fear. And if that leads to the occasional prominent Christian having to be publicly terrified of a Teletubby, that's a price they're willing to pay. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Shaggy to my Scoob and the Stimpy to my Ren, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to fill me in on the 21st century so that all my references won't be so dated? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we're the... We're the dark money to your Senate campaign. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, we're the Tide Pods to your SpongeBob memes. I, I don't know. My generation <laughs> is kind of sucking. <laughs> uh, we're the AR to your 15. Well, as profitable as shitting on Eli's generation is, we still do need to pause for a word from this week's sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. Hey, Lucinda, what's the matter? Anna, what are you doing here? Oh, well, in the world of ads, we all live in the same place, right? Oh, yeah. I guess I always thought of that as Eli living here, but not you. Yeah, I see that. Uh, anyway, why so blue? Well, it's these ads. They're, they're always from the guy's perspective. Blue apron because you live alone in a loft. Dick pills. When are we going to get advertised for some stuff for the ladies? Well, what about Dollar Shave Club? What's Dollar Shave Club? You, you mean that website that sells razors? Well, not just razors. They deliver everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Everything? Everything. Dollar Shave Club has razors, shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything. Wow, I thought it was just shaving stuff. Nope, but their shaving stuff is amazing. I get an amazing high-quality shave every morning from my Dollar Shave Club executive razor. It's the best razor I've ever used. Their Dr. Carver's shave butter is fantastic. It goes on clear so you can see where you're shaving. And since Dollar Shave Club delivers everything to you, you don't have to set foot in a store wandering the aisles hunting for razors, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, none of it. Wow, and without the pink candles and boxes, we're saving even more money than the guys do. That's right. Clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today, and for just $5 with free shipping... You'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie's. Then just keep the blades coming for a few bucks a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash scathing. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash scathing. All right. Let's just hope the guys don't have us do a dick pills ad next week. Ugh. I mean, we could. <laughs> <laughs> and now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight. According to a recent study organized by the Association for the Sociology of Religion, there's a common thread among Christians who voted for Donald Trump. Mm. And uh, yeah, the researchers are describing that common thread using a technical term called giant bigot or uh, giant bigot. Oh, there you go. Specifically, <laughs> white Christian nationalist giant bigot. And according to a second study conducted by every other civilized country in the world. What the fuck are you guys doing over there? Get your shit together. You know, at some point before publication, there was an argument about controlling for stupid, right? Like there was one guy <laughs> just kept bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't have that argument before adopting the presidential primary system. 
Hey, you didn't have that argument. Well, I, I did. I did. We as a nation. Didn't. By the way, they did control for stupid in this thing. They controlled for uh, for being extra religious and for being Republican. And they still found the same thread. Yeah. So here's what they did. The, the team of sociologists was apparently wondering why the fuck 80% of white evangelical Christians voted for the worst Christian ever in the 2016 election. And why almost all those same people still approve of the job he's doing. Well, other than stupidity and Russian Twitter bots, they landed on Christian nationalism, mm -hmm. which is a really nice way of saying panicky dominionism, <laughs> the belief that we should get rid of secular laws and use the Bible instead. Thus, panic. Uh, well, except for the Second Amendment. Well, yes. We, <laughs> right. we keep that in case I, I hear someone say happy holidays and I need to start a gunfight in a crowded Walmart where I am currently buying an oil painting for the wall, a palette of Velveeta, and a <laughs> wedding ring. My culture <laughs> is superior. Yeah. White Christians are basically the cultural equivalent of me walking around Planet Fitness, laying my tummy on machines women are working out on and clearing my throat loudly. Just <laughs> <laughs> Adonis in your vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, if anyone's wondering why we get all political sometimes instead of sticking to atheism, this is why. Uh, because you were wondering a stupid false dichotomy, <laughs> right. first of all. Also, because Christian nationalism is fucking terrifying. Every time these people see a gay person get a right or see the beak of a finch or see <laughs> reconstruction after the fucking civil war, they fly off the handle and do something insane. And most recently, that meant voting for a sociopathic rapey adulterer just so they could get pro-life anti-LGBT judges into the courts. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what these people who want us to be less political want. It's just like, we're in a smoking hole in the ground where New York City used to be. And another stupid thing about the Bible. <laughs> Wait, this fancy. <laughs> Dumb. And in the rumors of my survival have been greatly exaggerated news tonight. As god-awful movies listeners know, the third film in David A.R. White's God's Not Dead trilogy debuted over Easter weekend, coming in just shy of the top spot in the box office behind Ready Player One, Tyler Perry's Acrimony, uh, Black Panther, I Can Only Imagine, Pacific Rim Uprising, Sherlock Gnomes, Tomb Raider, A Wrinkle in Time, Love, Simon, Paul, Apostle of Christ, and Isle of Dogs. Twelfth. It came out twelfth out of the three movies that were debuting <laughs> that week. Okay, but to be fair, Sherlock Gnomes... Get it? <laughs> gnomes. They're, they're like lawn. lawn Don't get me started. Yeah. Gonna, I can't record. I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, okay. culture. So <laughs> as bad as it is, it's actually way worse than 12th makes it sounds because that's total gross. But God's Not Dead 3 was playing in 1700 theaters. Isle of Dogs was in 165. Isle of Dogs <laughs> outdid it. So, so when you look at it in terms of per theater earnings, God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness was 33rd. 30, even when you knock out uh, movies that were playing in five theaters or fewer, they don't make the top 20. For a Christian movie to perform worse than this would have to cause a schism or a global flood. <laughs> yeah, and it did this badly, mostly because it starts out as a Christian movie, but then it turns out the, the character arc is actually about the movie realizing it's a terrible movie <laughs> and admitting Christian persecution fantasies are fucking stupid. Right. It's like if Danny LaRusso was about to do the crane kick and just stopped and was like, well, all right, this is stupid, right? I mean, Johnny's clearly better at karate. I, shouldn't, I should not win this tournament. He, he's better. I'm going to cry and take a nap yeah. right here on this mat. 
That, that's the movie about the psychopathic stalker who attacks an athlete in front of his girlfriend and then calls it bullying when he stops him and then learns an illegal kick from a homeless man to win a tournament, right? I'm, I'm trying to remember because people... That's, that's the film yeah, he's not in question. No, but the movie we were originally <laughs> talking about, no, uh, Gas Not Dead 3... You're homeless. <laughs> you said you wouldn't say! He's, Pat he Burita was a national treasure. He won an Academy Almost Award. Still alive. Yeah, he nominated. Was, he was... Yeah, he was kind of a dick in person. I met him before. Was he? Yeah. Oh. But um. so, okay. So anyway, the film, <laughs> which continues the narrative of Christian persecution fantasy, not God, not fucking Karate Kid. We were originally talking about God's Not Dead 3. Now when I say the film, I have to, cl have to clarify. Anyway, the film, which continues the narrative of Christian persecution fantasy while pandering ever more to David A.R. White's ego, revolves around stakes so insignificant that, as Heath mentioned, the film ends with everyone realizing that wasn't a conflict worth basing a movie around. And with a Rotten Tomatoes score so bad, you'd have to present the percents as stars to make it sound good. The movie going public is clearly sided with Nietzsche on this one. Uh, it's okay to fuck your sister. Right, well, <laughs> right. It, it's like cousins. Your, your third sister is fine. <laughs> and if this headline seems like a less than newsworthy, heartless effort to rub some salt in David A. R. White's festering stigmata, it, there's a reason for that. Not a and and we get to plug the gam episode we did about it. So make sure you check that out. This is a double, it's pretty damn, it's a twofer. Pretty damn funny. And Eli has a blog. About it. <laughs> and in anti facts <laughs> news tonight, Christian blogger, author, and certified master NLP practitioner, oh, Brittany Cara. Yeah, get ready. Brittany Cara <laughs> may have just solved the question of vaccines once and for all this week as she slammed down the fact hammer by pointing out that vaccines are bad because they aren't in the Bible. Mm. Huh. That's interesting because. Bojack Horsewoman doing a vlog is not in the Bible either. Yet there she is, looking like Ann Coulter's full. <laughs> and and she's bad, QED. <laughs> now, before I get into the argument here, I have to point out that Brittany presented her ideas like all great scientific revelations in a rambling 41-minute-long Facebook Live video she shot on her iPhone. Yeah, not what we mean by peer review, Brittany. <laughs> anyway, she claims, quote, there's nothing in the Bible that talks about vaccines. So I just want you guys to think about that. So if God knew in the future that he was going to help create these amazing things that were going to just change our health and be the best, you know, scientific advancement in human history and human society ever. And it's just, oh, my gosh, they're so great. Like, why isn't there anything, any inkling of talk about these things called vaccinations coming into being later to save people? Like, if that was really God's plan and they're so amazing, then why isn't it in there at all? End quote. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Great fucking question. <laughs> She's so close. Yeah. Strong words. Gentlemen, let me ask you, why isn't there anything, any inkling of talk about vaccinations coming into being later to save people? <laughs> Wait, sorry. Uh, Brittany Cara just snapped three times in the video, so I'm going to scream some animal noises into a mirror for 10 minutes and then send her a bunch of money on Western Union. I'll be back <laughs> later. I don't know if I get that joke, but I'm going to go watch Heath do that. <laughs> Patreon You're on your own. content. NLP's real. <laughs> but that's not all. She also seems to think that vaccines are made out of dead babies, cause <laughs> brain damage, and turn you transgender, saying, quote, when did we decide that we were going to inject our healthy babies with dead babies? <laughs> uh, what? Okay. Why? Uh, I think because 
Live ones would be cruel. I don't, I don't get the question. What? What else would we do with those dead babies? Seems like a waste. She goes on. When did we decide that was a smart thing to do and expect them to not have brain damage? And then we expect them not to have gender disorders. What? Okay. Wow. Okay. I have to point this out. When I first read your story, I, I read cause as the shorthand for because, which made your opening statement. She thinks vaccines are made of dead babies because brain damage and turn you transgender. <laughs> right, so even when it causes confusion, the Oxford comma makes stuff make more sense because that would be a better sentence. It would. It would. <laughs> you insult the name of H.L. Mencken, sir. The name of H.L. Mencken. Uh, however, whatever the case, there's one thing for sure. This NLP practitioner has me anchored to her words. Anchored. <laughs> Snapping, snapping is because it was thing, a right? there was a Harvard study about liking <laughs> things you like, and then liars pretended it was hypnosis for rapists. So Fascinating. Hard today, yeah. Harvard figured out you like the things you like, and that's yeah. <laughs> the magic. original paper is fine. <laughs> it's the hypno rapists that were the problem. Yeah, I, that's that's the biggest problem. Of hypno rapists are always the problem, and I that's think what I we're say saying that. we're saying we're anti hypno rapists. To be clear, got it. New T shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and in spreading for the gospel news tonight, all of you atheists who are just one motivated anecdote away from faith in Jesus Christ can quietly exit through the back doors this week after megachurch pastor Stovall Weems shared just such an anecdote. That's right. That's the man's fucking name. I, 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 I wasn't trying to say some kind of normal human name and got ahead of myself. The dude's name is is Stovall Weems. <laughs> wow, because, I mean, the dental hygienist for a Wild West prostitute doesn't usually time travel and become a pastor. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. That's so I rare. think this is a simple case of what do you want to name your baby, sudden punch in the stomach slash fall down an elevator shaft. You know, just like a Stovall <laughs> Weems. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this isn't remotely newsworthy, but it's weird <laughs> as fuck, so I thought I'd share it. So, According to what Weems thinks his congregation will believe, he had a personal meeting with Jesus over Easter weekend. That being said, he was curiously imprecise on the details, leading many people to believe that a long-haired dude in a thorn hat butt-fucked this pastor under false pretenses over Easter. Yeah, or what Noah calls a Good Friday. <laughs> what anyone calls a Good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... After gushing about Jesus's great personality for so long, you thought he was going to try to set you up with him. He said, quote, this is an actual quote. And that was so what? So, 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 so what's overwhelming is like, it's like he has new in that way. But at the is same okay? time, <laughs> no, sorry. no, he is he's not. OK, this is what Jesus. the guy said. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, the, continuing the quote, it eventually gets normal. I felt like I'd known him forever. Like, 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 I can't describe the closeness, the closest that I felt with Jesus. Like, he didn't look at me like I never saw the front of his face. What? Maybe this is no surprise. End quote. When did it get normal? <laughs> so I mean sentences. I meant it like eventually broke into sentences. Okay. Um, he then adds that Jesus had long brown hair, but I'm going to leave that part out because he's already kind of hinted at my guilt too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Your prank wars are fine. Typical. Typical. <laughs> and in I'll Save You Jesus news tonight, 
A Brazilian performance of The Passion of the Christ got a little too real for one audience member this week when, apparently seized by the moment, he screamed, I'm not going to let Jesus die, jumped on stage, and attacked a centurion with a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> I was I was expecting the guy beside us at God's Not Dead three to do that any minute. <laughs> he just sets off an EMP. No more atheist note taking. That's all you're doing. And Dives then Noah seat, grabs Noah's struck him in the face with a hammer. True story. True story. Now, luckily, nobody was hurt except that guy in our movie theater when he and Noah got in a fist fight. The uh, centurion in question was wearing a helmet, and the other actors subdued the man relatively quickly. However. They did have to stop the play while the authorities were called, which led to the actor playing Jesus to like hang there awkwardly and try to take a break. Yes. While in a video, <laughs> which I will watch forever when I'm sad for the rest of my life. <laughs> Do I say thank you? I feel like I feel like I should say thank you. Honestly, the whole thing, it looked like like a Brazilian Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Jerry was like, you are the father. And Joseph runs out and tackles Jesus all angry. <laughs> and this, and this song. Pretty much exactly what it looked like. Now, like I said, there there is a video of this, and I highly recommend watching this gentleman's slow-mo dive in front of the spear, followed by him getting all <laughs> Bam Margera on the Romans. But it does make you wonder, if this guy goes to heaven, what his welcome will be like? Will be like. Will be like. Where, uh, where am I? There he is, Dave. Whoa, Jesus. Is that you? You bet it is. That's my guy, Dave. Come here. I want you to meet everybody. Hey, Phil, come meet Dave. Oh, Phil. Uh, hey. Hey. Phil, Dave here. Dave saw me being attacked and tried to save me. Ran right up there swinging, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was pretty severely... Mentally ill. Uh, that's that's the not the point, though. The point well, is, you saw the son of God getting attacked, and you just you just went for it, didn't you? Uh, in a play, though, Jesus. Sure, well, like sure, Phil, but you saw a lot of passion plays during your life as a church leader, didn't you? You ever, ever jump on stage and try to help? I can't remember what I'm thinking uh, about it. If no, you ever, but that's because uh, it was that's because you're not Dave. Dave, my man, trying to save Jesus. I'm. I really. Needed medical help. This guy, like, right? <laughs> this okay. guy. Okay. Uh, good to see you, Jesus. I I'm going to go to the blowjob fountain. Yeah, you do that, huh? Phil. You go enjoy my blowjob fountain. I'm going to hang out with my buddy Dave. There's a blowjob fountain? Yeah, it's actually kind of weird. Are the mouths it's coming out of like, it? It's or it's dicks weird. and then they bury are in it? And now that I have some totally unrelated schematics to draw up, I guess we'll take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she wants. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. So when you do something like this every week, it's hard not to get a bit repetitive. So to combat that, I usually try to come up with a theme that ties the stories I'm going to be talking about together. Now, sometimes the stories just naturally lend themselves to that. Other weeks, not so much. So in a kind of desperate effort to tie this all together, our theme this week will be a tour of a few of the least pleasant places on Earth. Uganda, Idaho, and Bible study. 
So we'll start off in Uganda, where the nation's newspaper recently issued an apology after realizing that giving a special prize to the woman with the most harrowing story of sexual abuse might have been in bad taste. The misguided contest from the Daily Monitor asked female readers to tweet out their stories of gender-based violence. And in return, one lucky person would win a luxurious bottle of wine. Now, as ill-advised as the structure of this contest was, I should probably give the newspaper a bit of credit for what seems like an earnest effort to draw attention to the nation's heinous record of sexual violence. According to a recent study, the majority of women in Uganda will experience physical or sexual violence from an intimate partner in their lifetime. That being said, getting them drunk for being the best at it is still pretty tone deaf. And speaking of tone deaf, our next story takes us to Idaho, where a candidate for lieutenant governor recently called for the death penalty for women who get abortions. This horseshoe theory version of pro-life came on Monday during a podcast forum for conservative Christian candidates, where current state senator Bob Nonini sought to outdo his rivals by calling for women to be put to death for exercising a constitutionally protected right. And if you were thinking maybe this was just a case of escalating hyperbole, his campaign disabused you of that with a statement that came out afterwards confirming that, yes, he does think women deserve to be executed for evicting a blastocyst. After the predictable backlash, yes, this is even extreme for Idaho, he kind of walked things back by saying the death penalty would only be used as a deterrent, then made added insult to the death threat by implying that he could outfox all those little ladies and make them think he'd kill them, even though he actually wouldn't. And as bad as that is, at least it recognizes more intellectual autonomy from women than you get from the Trump's Bible study. So the guys have talked before on the show about the Trump Cabinet Weekly Bible Study. Trump doesn't go, of course, but Pence, Sessions, Pompeo, and a lot of the other heavy hitters are regular attendees, including Betsy DeVos, even though she's not allowed to talk you know, because of the vagina. See, the dude who leads these little theocracy sessions is Ralph Drollinger. And among the many antiquated idiot thoughts he espouses is that women shouldn't be allowed to lead at anything. In fact, he thinks it's sinful for women with children to serve in Congress. And it also means the Secretary of Education has to sit down and shut up in these meetings, apparently. And don't get me wrong, nobody on earth needs to sit down and shut up more than Betsy DeVos. But for the record, Ralph Drollinger is still pretty high on that list. And even though I'm tempted to keep talking just to piss Drollinger off, that's where my segment ends. So I'm going to hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in We Were Using Liberty Ironically News tonight, Liberty University reminded us this week why religious and university are and should remain two different things when it freaked the fuck out on liberal Christian author Shane Claiborne. Uh, Claiborne, who managed to be wrong in a far less dangerous way than most Christians, is a vocal critic of Donald Trump and, by extension, Trump's evangelical cheerleader-in-chief, Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah, so uh, I guess congrats to Shane Claiborne, the clean coal of Christian voices. (laughs) Yeah, right, (laughs) right. Yeah, the big-boned kid at fat camp. But perhaps taken in by Christianity's gratuitous (laughs) lip service to (laughs) cheek-turning, Claiborne reached out to Falwell to propose a joint prayer event at Liberty University to remind Christians that even when they disagree politically, they can still come together in prayer. Falwell told him to fuck off. (laughs) In fact, he went so far as threatening to have Shane Claiborne arrested if he set foot on Liberty U's campus. (laughs) I want to know how that conversation went. It's just like, I actually think it would be really nice for us to, you know, stand like Um, my ground. My ground? Yeah, I will stand my ground. Stay out of my fucking... Co- I mean, uh, 
off my campus. <laughs> I didn't say cult. I meant campus. Now, before I, I go on, I want to reflect on how freaked the fuck out the Christian persecution LARPers would be if a secular university threatened to arrest a Christian for coming on campus to pray for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Right. If this was Harvard saying, no, you can't have your prayer event here because you had your dick out when you came to ask us. It'd be the plot of God's not dead for. And God, I want that to be the plot of God's. It, they <laughs> call us, man. Call us. But, He's but there. since He's it's there. a yeah, right. <laughs> but since it was a Christian turning him away for not being Christian enough, evangelicals are are turning to their electric monks, apparently. <laughs> David A.R. White just drops into Harvard's chapel like Mission Impossible. <laughs> Says a prayer, gets pulled back out into a vent. Then the Bible he's got, it drops and it sticks in the floor like a knife. <laughs> I <laughs> just want to know what he's repelling with. <laughs> got to catch a drop of the Virgin Mary's blood. I get it. We can make this movie. <laughs> Call us. So, okay. So even without Falwell's endorsement, Claiborne did end up having his prayer event somewhere near Liberty University. Kind of like... I'm not touching you of ritualistic wish casting, I guess. So Liberty U sends student journalist Aaron Covey there to cover this thing for the school newspaper. But quick before they run a story about the event, Falwell gets personally involved and nixes the story, arguing that Claiborne's group was just stirring up shit to get fans. Uh, Covey cried foul and pointed out the policies of the university to make it almost as difficult to publish accurate things as the theology does. I mean, <laughs> like you went to a Christian school, Aaron. So good. And in Ant-Man news tonight, Christian televangelist Frank Amadia took to the airwaves this week to show us that when God said small miracles, he meant that shit literally. Amadia, who regular listeners will remember for claiming to stop a tsunami, blaming AIDS on unnatural sex, and saying he cured a guy's tongue cancer by saying magic words to him on TV, was a guest on Tri-State Christian Television Today because... There are some people even CNN won't let on a panel. And <laughs> while on air this week, he used that opportunity to tell the story of the time he brought an ant back from the dead. Oh, <laughs> worst use of a power ever. Right? <laughs> Next, he's at a children's hospital just like growing hair on leukemia patients. Back <laughs> hey, hey, magic healer guy. Magic healer guy, you want to focus up? Fingernail growing. No, no. <laughs> Fix the blood cancer. God damn it. I throw the cards and then they'll take a picture. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I highly recommend checking out the video in the show notes because this guy delivers a fucking lightning round of extraordinary claims. I mean, he says he raised three people from the dead. He gave a baby a kidney that was born without one, but he really <laughs> settles in on this ant story. So I guess I'm going to as well. Yeah, yeah, baby, coming to term without a kidney, dime a dozen. But Raid says kills and dead right there in a fucking slogan, guys. <laughs> yeah, so according to Amadia, he's praying one day and he gets bitten by an ant. So he squishes it and then the Holy Spirit reaches out to him and says, quote, son, I hear the cry of an ant. And <laughs> so hold on, wait, wait. Jesus goes full post Alderaan Obi-Wan every time somebody uses a bag of ortho? Right? That seems inefficient. <laughs> Trying to go to a movie with Jesus every few seconds. He's like, I, it's like a thousand fleas called out at once. <laughs> and then we're, oh, Jesus. Okay, so here's what happened next, according to Frank's own words. Quote, I began to weep inside of me. I want to see that, first of all. And then the Lord said, son, take your finger and touch the ant. The Ooh, power of God. Inside out little girl? <laughs> <laughs> the power of God shot out. 
And the ant, it came alive, and the pieces all were together, and it jumped on my finger, came up, yep, came up very slowly on my palm, and stopped right there, as if it was looking right at me. (laughs) Yes. Wait, hold on. All the pieces yes! were together, <laughs> like Terminator like liquid 2. Liquid metal guy. Like, <laughs> did he shatter the ant when he squished? Did he cut it up like Buffalo Bill to make chitin exoskeleton skin suit? What the fuck was happening? Who knows? Who knows? So uh, then, God tells him that the ant is grateful that he healed it, and his co-hosts all fake a coughing fit to cover their laughter. Yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> pull a dead out covered in scotch tape out of his pocket, and that ant <laughs> is here with us today. Say hi. Oh, Philip, come on. Stop telling me to shit in a salad bar. He does, he does <laughs> gymnastics on my hand now. Look. All right, well, now he's not doing it. He's, Hello, my baby. No, he's not doing it. You make him nervous. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. You can't do it while you look. <laughs> Did it so well at home. So here's the thing. We love some wacky Christian fun here on The Scathing Atheist. But a quick reminder, Frank Amadia is President Trump's unofficial, but only because it doesn't fucking exist, liaison for Christian policy. So yep. while he may talk to God and stop storms and cure ants, he also <laughs> has the ear of the president of the fucking United oh States. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh. And finally tonight, we have some great news to close out the headlines. So if you're anything like me, you've been hoping for years that the wildly aggressive Little League dad from your hometown would eventually make a video explaining the sexual orientation of masturbating. Well, (laughs) it finally happened. All right. Well, in my case, it happened again, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Coach Dave Dobenmeyer finished angrily measuring wood for no reason and gave us the official ruling on this during the latest episode of his past the salt live Christian webcast that he has. And the answer is it's gay. So if you thought masturbation was hetero or bisexual or pansexual, you were wrong. It's gay. Oh, which means, which means I can legally force Dave Dobenmeyer to make me a masturbation cake. He's going to hear that. Somebody send him that clip. He won't come out of his abandoned football stadium for a year. No, it's easy bank ovens for emergencies. <laughs> Just a light bulb, Dave. You can go. Eating dough, buddy. Yeah. So if, if, you're not, if you're not familiar with Coach Dave, he's the guy who's always in an abandoned football stadium doing a pod, podcast or whatever the fuck he does. Um, also, today is the day to change that. You need to get familiar with Coach Dave. If you've never seen a devoutly Christian homophobe accidentally come out as gay to himself out loud on camera, you now have that chance. Here's the exact words. Quote, masturbation is homosexuality. You're having sex with a man. You get it? You put images of a woman in your mind, but you're having sex with a man. It's uh. Where the devil will take us if we give them free reign in our minds, end quote. Well, then Satan take the wheel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have questions. Um, <laughs> first of all, are we all picturing Coach Dave painting his fingernails, trying to make his hand into a lady? <laughs> because that's clearly happening, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe dress, dressing up his dick like a lady. <laughs> it's definitely one or the other. He's trying to like make it straight somehow. <laughs> 
a little wig. He puts a bra on the balls. Yeah, I picture it. I picture it. <laughs> also, uh, I found it interesting that he used the non-binary pronoun them to refer to the devil. He did. <laughs> which was a weirdly progressive move from Coach Dave. So that, that was nice, I guess. But I'm curious what he thinks about that. If you're non-binary, isn't that the perfect loophole around Leviticus? Huh. And since we're all on a gender spectrum, we're all non-binary in some sense. So we're all allowed to fuck whoever we want. We're all just fucking. Well, there together, you go. Right? So, I mean, somebody should tell Christianity. And I feel like we could resolve this whole mix up with the horrible centuries of rabbit bigotry. <laughs> God, wouldn't that Solved be it. nice? Oh, my. If, if I'd love that there was some theological equivalent of reason. Right, like, like if you not. could go into the Southern Baptist Convention with a theological proof or something that whacking <laughs> off is okay, everybody's junk is out nine seconds later. Everybody's got their uh. dick in everything. You, know? <laughs> you just hand out the flowchart to the church ten seconds later. They're all drinking. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one last thing. Um, I'm curious about the rules. So he tries to keep jamming women into his head like it's a meditation mantra, apparently, but. He just keeps slipping back to dudes. Now, <laughs> that by itself, I feel like that means nothing. I mean, who among us hasn't tried to slow things down a little bit by thinking about baseball, but then all of a sudden you're picturing Derek Jeter's lithe, naked body turning a perfect double play. That's not gay. <laughs> that's that's just being a loyal Yankee fan. Everybody does that. <laughs> but then the devil ends up in his head, and that's a goat man, so... That's bestiality, right? <laughs> or like half? That's like semi-bestiality. So, okay, Dave, if you're listening, give us a call. Pretty sure you're fucking a goat without realizing. <laughs> we'll walk you through it. I feel like you need to hear. We'll walk him advice. through fucking a goat? And yes. before yes. Eli gets any ideas about his next citation needed essay, we're going to close off the headlines <laughs> right there. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Yeah. Oh, no. And then we... Jumanji. And when we come back, God will be here to make a couple of new playmates. Some people worry that eventually we at The Scathing Atheist will run out of source material and exhaust the supply of Christian idiocy to make fun of. But others have read the Bible. And to allay the fears of the former, we'd like to present the next installment of Bible Peace Theater. Oh, boy. Sarah, Sarah, get in here. Uh, yes, Mr. President. I, I mean, God, Mr. God. Oh, what happened yesterday? I feel awful. Yeah, uh, okay, well, Tyler quit, so you and I just really rested, you know? Really got to resting. Okay, okay, full. time to get back to work. We don't need Tyler anyway. Read me back last week's notes. Um, notes? Yeah, Tyler took a... Never mind, we, we can remember it. Right, right, of course. All right, so first, I built the heavens and the earth. I remember right, that. Right, right, I remember that and, too. Mm -hmm. And then I made the plants. Um, I feel like you skipped a day. Nah, nah, it's cool. I made the plants. Right, plants, okay. And then I made people. Okay, no, you're definitely skipping stuff. And then... Plants, like a garden. Like, no, like four seconds ago, you said plants. Near Just now. Eden for my humans. But, what? but most important, I'm going to make two trees, two big, beautiful trees. You're um, not going to believe. How okay, okay. I'll just skip that other stuff. It's fine. It's, it's fine. 
All right, so the first tree, tree of life, which if you eat the fruit, it's going to make you an immortal god. Um, aren't they already immortal gods? Spoilers. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and, and second tree, even better, even bigger, tree of knowledge, which will teach you the difference between good and evil. Um, okay, I, I feel like there's a bunch of other stuff that needs to be created. And there was already an order that we had, but I don't know. Whatever, it's probably fine. But there yeah, was, we who, had, okay. Sarah, who's going to care about a couple of differences? Um, a couple billion people. Yeah, see, no big deal. Hey, hey you, wake up. Uh, whoa, um, what's up? I have created you to take care of this garden. Wait, really? What? Yeah, that's what the book says. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Um, like, like in hats? What? No, no, dress is just fancy talk. Okay, couldn't, couldn't you just make a garden doesn't need dressing and, and keeping? Complaining already? See, this is why I wanted to make you Mexican. Uh, racist? You ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. Uh, watch the garden. You want me to watch the garden? I got it. Uh, yeah, and, and, help yourself to the fruit. Oh, but, 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 do not eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge. For if you do, that very day, you will die. That very day? That very day. Okay. Um, just off the top of my head, maybe we just, uh, Get rid of that tree. It feels like a bad idea. No, 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 no. It stays. The other person who was running for God deleted thousands of trees. You know that? Nobody cares. I care. Lou, Lou, Lou. Hanging out in the garden, doing garden stuff. Garden stuff is my favorite stuff. Hey, how you doing? Oh, uh, good. Good. Just hanging out in my garden, doing garden stuff. Great. Look, I can see that you're lonely. It is not fit that man shall be alone. So I shall make you a help. No, no, I'm, I'm actually fine. I'm good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, this is, I like this. I mean, I'm just doing my garden thing, having fun. You're not like lonely? No, no. Uh, I found this hole in a pear tree. Uh, let's just say I am set. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to make you a help meet anyway. Help meet? Yeah. Is it like a, like a Roomba? What are you talking about? Well, for the next 2,000 years or so, yeah. It's kind of like a Roomba. Oh, awesome. Okay, big boy, here we go. What do you think? The, that's a cow? Is that a cow? Okay, okay. That's called a cow now. Good. Uh, but what do you what? think? Good, good help me? You want to um, just here help me? Okay, well, I was, I was thinking something that looks a little bit more like me. Just more like him. Okay, good. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I'll, I'll be yeah. back. Great. All right. How about this? Huh? Two legs, hair, a face. Well, it's got a face. I mean, yeah, that, that's a monkey, though. That's a monkey. Right. Monkey. This is great. We're double tasking. Not for you, though, huh? You don't want to well, get all up in there? I mean, in a pinch, but okay, I feel like you could do buddy, better. Buddy, I got to tell you, right now, we've named 8.7 million kinds of animal. None of them have fit your fancy. I don't want to say that you're picky. Right. I just want to say that, like, this process uh -huh. has been long, and I no, personally I get it. have been... That's, that's fair. Um, 
Okay, well, can I see the spider one more time? I feel like the spider might be the one. Yeah, like that you, was, know, you know what? I, oh, I, have, huh. I have one last thought. Let me try one last thought. Okay, lay it on me. Okay, I'm gonna. What? Oh, look over there. Did that peat fall into that tree trunk full of rotten water? Scotch, where? Where? This guy in the scotch. Okay, here we go. Just gonna grab one of these. Yep, rib should be fine. And then I'm gonna add a, a butt to the front and... And longer hair, and like this downstairs. I'll just like cave this in, and whoa, whoa, man, that is, uh, that's what I'm gonna call it. Whoa, man. Okay, wait, why is Heath Adam? Well, because Noah's gonna be the serpent in a second. Yeah, but I'm married to Noah. Why can't Anna be Eve? Well, we're still in negotiation for her participation in this part of the show. Also, why does that matter? Anna is married to me. For now. What? What what happened? Did somebody drink the scotch? What happened? Hi. Hey. What um did you see what happened to the scotch, whoever you are? No. No. Are are you even a little bit curious as to who or what I am? Not not really. Um it looks like water but but brown and smoky, the scotch. Because we're, like, destined to be together for all eternity. Okay, but, like, I need my space. I just want to be clear. I was literally just... Crazy. You're smothering me! Good way to start off this relationship. Yeah, well, uh, get used to it. Lulu, lulu, doing garden stuff. Garden stuff is my favorite stuff. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, Snake, what's going on? Oh, you know, just chilling. It's an arm day, so my buys are real sore right now. Mm, great. Eating some fruit there? Yep, nothing else to eat, right? Sure, sure. What about the what about the big tree of good and evil? Have you have you tried that fruit? Nah, God says if we eat it, we'll die. Or, or maybe you could gain knowledge of good and evil. What do I need that for? God tells us what's good and evil. Does he though? Thera. Farah, can you check and see if I could put my name on the universe somewhere? Like, call it God's universe. Okay, you've got a point. Nom, nom, nom. Hey, Adam. God, will you get off my back? Nice. You want some of this? What? What is it? Just try it. Well, just tell me what it is first. Just try it. What? You're being weird. Is it bad? It's not bad. Just try it. I don't want to. Are you serious right now? Yeah, fine, fine. I'll try it. And so it was that that's how man would be convinced to try something by women forevermore, especially milk, which, if you think is bad, you could really just throw out. You don't need to make us taste it. Mm. Mm. Hey, that's actually pretty good. What is it? That's that fruit God said would kill us. Seriously? Are you mad? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just that, like... that we Yeah. Well, I'm not mad... Uh, I guess. All right, let's let's go. Um, let's go cover our junk, though. You seem mad. I said I'm not mad. Okay. Well, now you're yelling. You're yelling. And so it was. Watch it, Mister. Well, it was. All right. I could ask Eve to do it, but I feel like that'll be weird for me and Adam, and we're like bros. Nah, nah. He he's cool. He's cool. Shit! It's God. Hide, hide. Maybe if I squeeze the lemons on my face, it'll feel like it, right? And then I that could work. Yup. What's he doing? Shh. What? Who's that? 
man, you there? Oh, uh, hey, hey, God. Oh, uh, hey, hey. Uh, we were. I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, us neither. Nothing. We weren't doing anything. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you guys hiding? Oh, uh, well, heard your voice, and uh, I was naked, and uh, didn't want to. Um, uh, wait. Who told you you were naked? Um, Vogue. Did you guys eat the fruit I told you not to eat? She did it. She made me eat it. I didn't want to, and she the did it. She made me, me into it by you, suggesting it. You were the one. Hi, how's it going, God? Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Sarah, you look like a sloppy cement mold of Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, uh, tough, but fair. That's fair. Yeah. Tyler, what are you doing here? Well, it turns out that your plans are super easy to fuck up. I okay. Mean- okay. Everyone's in trouble. All right. Woman, now childbirth is going to hurt like a lot, a lot from now on, just so you know. Ooh, that's so bad for you. I'm so sorry about that, uh, Eve. I'll, I'll be like right there for you, though. I promise. Great. Well, I mean, unless I'm busy. I hate this book. Just wait till Timothy. And you, Tyler, you will slither on the earth forever. And, and you will eat dust. You will live on nothing but dust. Um, sir? <laughs> okay, I've been informed snakes don't actually eat dust. So that was a metaphor. Also, also, but here's another punishment for you, Tyler. All ladies will hate you. You and women will be enemies forevermore, and they will always um, be... Uh, for- sir, sir. <laughs> okay, I've been informed that not all women are afraid of snakes, so that is also a metaphor. For what? Racism. Really? Yeah, no, there's, there's actually a whole Gnostic tradition of this story being about Eve fucking the snake and Cain turning out black as a result. It was in the church until like 1950. Oof. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I'm talking. Sarah, Sarah, what else does it say I do to them on my list? Um, okay. Uh, well, to punish Adam for listening to his wife, nice. um, you make women under men. Chapter three. We're on chapter three of this shit. Yeah, and uh, you make plants have thorns also. Wait, the, the plants didn't have thorns before? I guess not, no. Uh, this is not how plants work. Metaphor. It's a metaphor. Uh, for what? What's it? A meta- I don't know, man. About? But it's a metaphor. But but I'm also gonna make it so Pete grows really, really slowly, and around 2020, the world will run out of it. Uh, Noah, Eli's bringing up the Scotch apocalypse. We said no doing e- that. Eli, we agreed we're not gonna bring up the Scotch apocalypse, didn't we? Didn't? Isn't there? Whatever. It's true. I'm gonna kill you and marry your wife. Good. She deserves to be happy. This is a weird fight that we're having now. This is weird. I don't feel comfortable about the last couple lines I had. And then you name them Adam and Eve. Wait, I name them now? Yeah, now. Okay, well, what the hell was I saying before? I mean, there were only two people. Uh, I think you could just say, hey, and they'd assume you were talking to them as the only people. All right, I'm going to leave it there. And mm-hmm. worst of all, you know what? Worst of all, I didn't want to do this, but Adam, Eve, you're going to die now. Like... Right now? Oh, no. No, in like 930 years. Oh, considerably less. No. Yeah. Said you'd die the same day. I never said that, Tyler. I never Um, said that. Actually, uh, sir, you did. Sarah, not now. Sorry. 
Sorry. Doesn't, you know what? It doesn't matter. Take these coats of animal skins and be gone from my garden. Forever gone. Um, okay. Coat of animal skin. That's a, that's a weird choice. Like a, like a gift bag? Is that what you're doing? Also, also, did you kill the animals while we weren't looking or are these skins, you know, just like poofed? I don't, I don't know. Sarah, what does it say in the book? Doesn't. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, so uh, what if we just eat from the tree of life? The the one that makes us gods and immortal? I mean, wouldn't that undo this? Look, uh, whose idea was that tree, Sarah? Yours. Remember, we saw that episode of Land of the Lost with the midget and you were all freaked out? Oh, that's right. Okay, well, then I shall place a flaming sword at Eden's gate so that none shall eat of the tree of life. Hello! Exactly. You are not getting into Eden in those shoes, honey. Come back and see me in a couple thousand years when you have a Prada bag. Motherfucker. Yeah, this sucks. Will all of humanity be doomed to mortality? Yes, but we're going to act like it's a cliffhanger anyway and return in a few weeks with yet more... Bible Peace Theater. Before we fight over the tab tonight, I wanted to let you know that if you missed my talk on how to survive a theocracy in eight easy steps last month, you get another chance next month. The Central New York Humanist Association invited me out on Sunday, May 6th in Syracuse, New York at 1 p.m. I'm going to be giving an updated version of the talk now with 25% more dominionism. So even if you already caught it, there's plenty of new material there. Check the show notes for details. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight. But we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. An even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I wouldn't earn the right to call myself the host if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for being top-notch, Lucinda for being top-tier, and Eli for being topological. He's he's stretchy, is what I'm saying. He maintains his... Anyway, I also want to thank Anna for stepping way outside her comfort zone by reading the copy instead of singing it this time. Much appreciated. Also need to thank John Gardner from the Beginner's Guide to Model Railroading for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for serving as a reminder that sometimes they sit in my inbox for a couple of weeks before we use them, so best not to make them too topical. Anyway, if you'd like to give his show a listen, you'll find a link on the show notes. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most magnanimous mammals... Kyle Shannon, Andrew Hilbron, DM, Christina, Robin, Susie, Deirdre, Jacqueline, Matt Anderson, Oliver West, James Tyler, E. Pluribus, Unum, Sterling, Ernest, and Joanna. Kyle Shannon, Andrew Hilbron, and DM, whose IQs are often mistaken for their years of birth. Christina, Robin, Susie, Deirdre, and Jacqueline, whose vaginas would be the preferred subjects if flowers did impressionist painting. Matt Anderson, Oliver, James, and Tyler, whose erections have their own spot on the Mohs scale of mineral hardness. And West, E. Pluribus, Unum, Sterling, Ernest, and Joanna, whose neurotransmitters upgraded to 5G before it was cool. Together, these 20 people come points and secular national mottos have improved our national standing this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the commitment to excellence and poop jokes it takes to give us money, but if you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help but you're setting your money on fire quick before the trade war can do it for you, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. That's the best way you can improve our visibility. Also, like us on Facebook if you're still doing the whole Facebook thing. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingadius.com.
recording. I can't yeah, tell him to go. Laughing at you. <laughs> you say go. Say go now. Did you say go now? Or are you telling him? <laughs> All right. Go. So the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.